What was supposed to be a celebratory day for Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina turns into a massacre. Plus, we have a crossover with Ethan Smith from Locked On Pirates on today's episode of Locked On Cardinals. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinal fans. I'm J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, lifetime Cardinals fan, and I am your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's go back to Thursday afternoon's game. Uh, did not go the way the Cardinals wanted it to. We'll start with the uh, the good from Thursday. Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina tied the record for most games started as a battery in MLB history at 324, which is a feat that will likely never be reached again. So that was good. Yadier Molina, or as we're calling him, September Yadi, hit not one but two home runs on Thursday. Drove in three runs, so so that was good. The bad, though, Adam Wainwright once again did not have his good stuff, allowing four runs on nine hits in just five innings of work, and the bullpen had a very rough day. They gave up seven runs on nine hits in just four innings as the uh, Washington Nationals just curb-stomped the Cardinals 11-6. to Pujols goes 0-5, so he's still at 695 career home runs. The Cardinals end up splitting the four-game series with the Nationals, but barring that amazing comeback on Wednesday, they actually should have lost three of four. So not great. The uh, The bats are, are struggling right now, and uh, yesterday's loss just doesn't sit well. Just doesn't sit well at all in the tummy right now of the St. Louis Cardinals. So they'll be looking to uh, bust out this weekend. Uh, they fall to 81-57 on the year, but are going to Pittsburgh, which now brings us to our crossover episode with Ethan Smith from Locked on Pirates. Welcome everybody to a special crossover edition of locked on pirates and locked on cardinals i know you guys are used to seeing my brother from another mother lucas smith but he has moved on to better pastures but (laughs) jd is not too bad either i'll be honest he's a great guy he's joining us today here on the locked on pirates and locked on cardinals crossover where we are going to be previewing the upcoming series between these teams it'll be the final time that st louis comes to pnc park we're going to talk about Jose Quintana and what he's done for St. Louis since he's left. And he will also be pitching on Sunday against Mitch Keller. And we're also going to talk about the very, very large possibility that Albert Pujols hits 700 home runs against the Pittsburgh Pirates in the final weekend, which I'm sure we'll see JD at that point as well. But of course, thank you guys for making Locked On Pirates and Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team, your Pirates and your Cardinals every day. JD, for starters, how are you, man? I mean, the Cardinals are in a pretty good spot right now, so I'm assuming you have to be pretty happy with how things are going. 
It's been amazing since the All-Star break. Uh, thanks for having me on, by the way, Ethan. I appreciate it. This is, in fact, my my first crossover with, with another host. I know we've talked before, but as far mm-hmm. as a, a full-on episode, this is my first one. I got to talk to Sully, and he did all the talking. So I really didn't get to do a whole lot of chit-chat in that one. But uh, things are great, man. Things are, are going well for the Cardinals uh Arguably the best team in baseball, if you want to just go by record-wise, since the All-Star break, things have uh, taken off for them uh, ever since the trade deadline, partially thanks to uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates and uh, a trade that was made between our two teams. Oh, yeah. And many would say the Cardinals were coming into this Pirate series on a hot streak. Uh, but yesterday, uh, today for the Locked on Pirates faithful and yesterday for the Cardinals fa- or yeah, yesterday for the Cardinals faithful, Not the greatest game for the Cardinals to wrap up a series against the Nationals, but when you take a split against the Nationals and you still have a nine-game lead in your division on the (laughs) Milwaukee Brewers, I think that's a pretty good day for you to have. And looking at this series in a nutshell, I really think that this series between Pittsburgh and St. Louis is going to be very low scoring. And a lot of people say, really, Ethan, really? The pitching for the Pirates hasn't been that great. Thankfully... The Cardinals are getting the best of what the Pirates have. Now, of course, the best of what the Pirates have is not even probably in the rotation for most MLB teams, but <laughs> Rolante Contreras will face off against Mikolos tomorrow, or Michaelis, however you pronounce it. Uh, Saturday will be Jack Flaherty and JT Brubaker, which unironically is an hour later because it is the last Zambelli fireworks show of the season for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So that, you, that might have threw uh, Cardinals fans into a loop as to why that game was an hour later. That'll allude to it why. Flaherty and Brubaker very similar this year, uh, but of course Flaherty has not pitched as much. So him pitching right now is definitely, I think, a tune-up for the postseason, I would assume. And then Sunday, the one I think a lot of people will be watching out for is Jose Quintana and Mitch Keller. So when you hear those pitching matchups, what do you immediately think from the Cardinals' point of view and even the Pirates' point of view as to how this series could go and why this series probably means a lot more to the Cardinals than it does the Pirates? Well, I mean, obviously the Cardinals uh, continue to to fight to win the division. And as you mentioned, they they have a substantial lead over the Brewers right now. So, I, I mean, I don't want to say it's all wrapped up already, but I mean, let's be honest, uh, to make up that ground, it would have to be a massive collapse on the St. Louis side. And then the Brewers would somehow have to catch fire, which they haven't shown they can do since uh, the All-Star break happened. So I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, but these games mean something. Uh, the, the Cardinals still have this, thought in their head they've been discussing it and actually bringing it up in interviews that they they, their goal right now is to try to get that number two seed I don't think it's going to happen I think uh, they're too far behind the Braves and the Mets who who don't have tough schedules going forward either so I think that's going to be a a too big of a hill to climb for them but you know they 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 have that thought in their head that that's what they're shooting for right now so uh, these games are going to mean something to them Uh, pitching wise uh, that first game with uh, Michaelis Michaelis has been a pretty good pitcher at home. On the road, it's been kind of a different story for him. The long ball's been a problem for him uh, recently. So um, he's 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 one of those guys that throws a lot of strikes. He's not going to walk a lot of people. So uh, if the Pirates come out swinging, there's a possibility they can, they can knock him around a little bit. Uh, what, what is Contreras all about, if you don't mind me asking? I'm not too familiar with Ronzi. Uh, Rowanzi Contreras came over from the... Uh, New York Yankees trade for Jamison Tallion, which also featured right. like Diego Castillo and a bunch of these guys. Uh, nasty slider as of late, which has been his big go-to pitch. He's gotten a lot more command on his fastball. He's 
the best pitcher on the staff right now. David Bednar, at this point, I would just shut him down for the year. He's not pitched in almost over a month, I believe. And as far as starting pitching goes, I think they see Rolanzi as their ace of the staff moving forward for at least the like the foreseeable future, just because you don't really expect the Pirates to go spend a crap ton of money on some big free agent pitcher. And sure. the guys they have coming in the system are going to be more of those filler guys in the back of the rotation, which is where the Pirates have had problems. The thing with Contreras is he does get himself into some funky situations, but over his last three starts, he's pitched six innings against the Atlanta Braves, the Philadelphia Phillies and the Toronto Blue Jays and has done well against all those teams. So if he does it again against the Cardinals tomorrow night, I think there's some real conversation to have that moving forward, you have to consider Rowanzi Contreras as one of the top guys on this entire team, let alone just the pitching staff. And then you move into Saturday with Brubaker and Flaherty. I mean, Jack Flaherty just came back from injury, correct? Like not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. He's only made so, one start so far uh, up on the big club. Uh, he's been shut down twice this year. Started the year on the injured list because of uh, right shoulder stiffness. Came back, kind of pushed it a little too quick, and had to get shut down again. And so he just made his first start with the Cardinals uh, since coming back last week. And uh, he looked pretty good. I mean, still a little bit rusty. You know, hit a guy, walked a couple dudes, but uh, still was showing uh, 96, 97 on the fastball. So People were very much encouraged by what Jack Flaherty showed in that game. Oh, yeah. And I mean, again, you're also talking about a Pirates offense that outside of the Tuesday game against the Mets where they win eight to two. I mean, this offense has just been awful as of late. They only scored four runs the whole series against the Blue Jays. Outside of that Mets game, they only or the eight-run game against the Mets, they only scored one run. You even take it as far back as the series against the Brewers, where they win a couple of those games there. But it's really crazy because I think I drive my listeners nuts that I talk about it. The Pirates just score five runs. They're like 34 and 11 this year when they score five runs. This is talking about a team that is 50 and 86, JD. So that shows enough that they're not scoring runs at a premium like they should be on top of the fact now that one of the things I'm really looking forward to in this series, which I'll allude to more before we get into Jose Quintana, O'Neill Cruz has been on an absolute tear as of late. His adjustments are crazy, which I'm getting into in my episode on Friday. So if you're listening on Locked on Cardinals side, that is what will be on my show on Friday about the adjustments he's making at the plate. I'm really excited to see if he could do that again against the strong Cardinals lineup. I doubt that he plays Sunday just because Quintana is on the, on the hill there. I don't want to see Cruz face the lefty. I just really don't want to right now, especially when he has a lot of momentum riding right now against righties. So we'll see how that goes. But before we get into that big Sunday matchup where Jose Quintana returns to Pittsburgh for the first time since the trade, guys, summer's winding down. The nights are getting longer, but the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's no, right. it's this not. Episode, <laughs> this, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of your licensed medical professionals, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. 
So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the U.S. and pre prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package so no one knows what's inside. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code locked on at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code locked on to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast or these podcasts, since it is a crossover between me and J.D. Halfron over at Locked On Cardinals. And I think the big onus on this entire series will be that Sunday game, because we'll want to see how Jose Quintana does against the Pirates, who he was on all the way up until the All-Star break. That trade, realistically, still even now, was very weird to me. Because when everybody was talking about Quintana, it was the Yankees and the Dodgers and all the like the teams that you would expect that wanted starting pitching. And then the Cardinals just swept up out of nowhere and said, "Okay, let's we're going to take them," while also picking up another very big addition in Jordan Montgomery. Now, those two guys, from what I know from the outside, have been a big reason why this Cardinals team has continued to do well. And I saw some crazy stat about Jose Quintana the other day that I'm going to ask you to allude to a little bit more on. But what has Jose Quintana done for the Cardinals to put them in the position they are in now? And do you have confidence in him in the postseason to help this team potentially make a deep playoff run? Well, Quintana has been exactly what they needed uh, a back of the rotation arm from the left side. They, they were very right-handed heavy in the rotation, so they needed some left-handed pitching. And when Mats went down with the knee injury, that was it. All they had left was righties. And Quintana was one of those guys that I had a feeling that they would target because uh, – not because of the phrase that, that Mosellock likes to use where he says low-hanging fruit, but he was a veteran that throws strikes. And that's all they were looking for. They, they didn't need somebody – who was, you know, a dominant pitcher from the left side. They just wanted somebody who could come in, chew up some innings in the back of that rotation, give them five innings each and every time. Don't have to worry about Quintana being hurt. He's a very steady, uh, very healthy guy uh, throughout his career. Hasn't had a lot of injuries. So uh, he was somebody that I, I had an idea that they'd be after. And when they landed him, I feel like they got him while everybody else was worried about getting the bigger names that were still out there, the, the Luis Castillos and the Tyler Malleys and those kind of guys, uh, the Frankie Montas, and that's what those other teams were worried about where the Cardinals were like, well, we're probably not going to get those guys, so why don't we just call our friends over in Pittsburgh and say, hey, we got a couple of young guys here. You might be interested in them. I was more surprised that uh, Pittsburgh didn't have more offers or better offers to get Quintana just because of what he's been able to offer uh, to the Cardinals so far. Uh, he's thrown strikes. Uh, he's been, like I said, he, he's been very steady where he hasn't given up more than two earned runs in any of his starts so far since he's come over into a Cardinals uniform. Uh, the defense has let him down a couple times where he's given up four earned runs, but every single start so far, two earned runs or less out of Jose Quintana. Uh, his record's just two and one because he goes about five innings. He doesn't, he doesn't go long yeah. into games, but that's okay. We just wanted somebody that could show up, take the ball every single fifth day, and he's been that guy that they've needed. And on top of that, Chris Stratton has not been that bad. He, he's been able to fill a role for the team 
we know he wasn't going to be somebody that was going to be your seventh, eighth, or ninth inning guys that shuts down another team, but he's that guy who could take the sixth, maybe the seventh, can throw uh, back-to-back days. It didn't have to be one of those guys that throws 20 pitches and then you don't see him for two or three days, Like, which is somebody that the Cardinals needed in that bullpen, and he's filled that role nicely. Yeah, and um, I think a lot of people even forgot that Chris Stratton was a part of that trade, and I'll be honest with you, <laughs> I haven't missed his presence in the bullpen that, <laughs> that much. He's, um, a, he's, a, he's a forgettable guy, but yet he's been an important guy here uh at the at the in august and uh here at the beginning of september yeah and sometimes for a team like the cardinals that's what you need and then when you look at what um johan oviedo and malcolm nunez have done the guys who were sent here for pittsburgh nunez has looked the better of the two oviedo has been up here for uh, a couple starts as i like to put in quotations because i just don't see the guy as a starter i don't Mm -hmm. know why the pirates are doing it but he's just as you alluded to before we started recording, he does struggle with his command a lot, but he is changing yeah. the grip on his fastball, which he did tell reporters yesterday before the game. So he's just trying to get used to it. He's trying to see what's going on with it, and he says that he wants to stick with it. If it ends up eventually sticking and working, awesome. Go do it in the seventh inning for one inning when we're up 5-3 to three and we need you to just yeah. get three outs. Malcolm Nunez, on the other hand, his average is up. His on-base percentage is down, his slogging is up, and his OPS is right around where it was from when he was in Springfield versus now where he's in Altoona. I mean, the guy looks good. He looks like he's going to be a phenomenal power bat for this team in the future. Five home runs, 15 RBIs, nine walks from uh, for his credit to only 17 strikeouts, which I love that ratio. I love yeah. the walk-to-strikeout ratio. And the fact that he's batting 260, 337 with 479 with an 816 OPS and double A, especially with a midseason move, he does not appear to really care too much. He's just like, okay, cool. I'm just moving from Springfield to Altoona. The only thing that's changing is the jersey. And the kid, he he has really good raw power. From what I've seen from him, he's not slow by any means at all. He's actually pretty quick for what he's worth. And I could see him being a part of the future over there at first base because obviously we have Key Brian Hayes over at third on that eight-year extension. So I don't think he's going to overtake Key <laughs> Brian Hayes. Uh, if he did, he would have to be doing a lot of good things over there. But We'll see what they decide to do with him, but that's kind of what's going on over here with Oviedo and Nunez is just too early to tell. Meanwhile, of course, how these trades usually work, the Cardinals do what they were getting in Oviedo already. And, of course, J.D. has a wonderful guest behind him as well. That's the wife who's uh, off to an event and just barged in on our uh, podcast. You, can, you might as well say hi. This yeah, she might Ethan as well from, say hi from the Pittsburgh point. Pirates. Wait, what hat is that? She's wearing a Bengals hat. And, oh, uh, God. She, what has happened on this podcast? She, she, oh, is Jesus. All, she is all Cincinnati, so she's Reds. She's uh, Bengals and clearly has no manners whatsoever, knowing that we were recording. I'm so sorry. No, man, not even manners about recording. Do you not see the manners <laughs> with the big banners sitting behind me? <laughs> oh, Steelers. my gosh. Yeah, we will yeah. see you on Sunday. There it is. This is what happens here on the Locked On Podcast Network, everybody. You never know who you're going to get. Solely, you get him talking about all kinds of things all the time. Lindsay has his dog and his kids barge in on <laughs> water coolers and everything. This is the Locked On Podcast Network, everybody. But very nice <laughs> to meet you as well. I just wish he you were wearing very nice a better to meet hat. You. 
Oh, okay. He, he wishes you had a better hat on, is what he's saying right now. Now the dog's in here. Hey, it's a party. Yeah, see, look, we got a Bye party guys, over in the JD Halfron house. <laughs> that will not be edited out, of, edited out of the podcast, by the way. I think no, that no, will it shouldn't. Be great. This is real life. This is what happens. But anyways, like I'm hoping that um, Malcolm Nunez and Johan Aviedo do, I hope they barge in like JD's wife just did. <laughs> um, but another thing that might get barged in here pretty soon and that a lot of people are talking about, not like Blue Chew, we're not barging into things like when you use Blue Chew. <laughs> this podcast has taken a great turn. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. This is phenomenal. Um, but anyways... The big elephant in the room is obviously the fact that this is not the last time these two teams play. And there's going to be a major elephant in the room, I think, by the time they come to play each other to end the year in October. Albert Pujols is the talk of the town right now. I think everybody knows that. He's at 695 home runs, five away from his um, his 700. I believe he's two away from surpassing A-Rod, correct? Because I believe A-Rod was at 696. A-Rod's at 696, so he's one short. So you look at what the Cardinals are dealing with, and speaking of, by the way, since we are recording this right now, the the Cardinals have the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth, and Pujols is on deck. So that could change. This whole podcast could just end up being a whole hodgepodge. but anyways, I mean, you're looking at what the the Cardinals have to end the year. They have this series against the Pirates, the Brewers, the Reds. Then they play the Padres and the Dodgers. That Dodgers series is going to be very interesting because we already saw them at the home run derby earlier in L.A. and in L.A. as a Dodger last year. So I would keep a big eye on that series. Then the Brewers, but then, of course, the five-game set against the Pirates to end the year. I believe it's a five-game set. It might actually be six games. Yeah, it is six games. It starts on September 30th and ends on October 5th. So he will have six days to, at that point, I would guess he'll probably be in the 690 or the 997 or what? Hold on. 697. (laughs) Numbers are hard. He'll probably be in the 697, 698 range. With six opportunities against Pirates pitching and what I would assume the Cardinals would probably already have the division locked up, is it really that crazy to assume that Pujols surpasses 700? I don't think so. Uh, When we started the year, we did not think that at all. (laughs) That was not something that anybody thought was a possibility. Catching A-Rod was really what seemed like a a realistic thing that could happen. 700 seemed a bit far-fetched. But since the All-Star break, uh, Albert has been as good a hitter against left-handers as anybody in Major League Baseball. And I don't know if he just got inspiration because of the way he was treated at the Derby, where he realized like how much everybody, like players and fans, all appreciated him. I don't know if that's what got him to feel better about himself. I don't know if he just finally got into better shape by the halfway point. Uh, he came into, into, into spring training in very good shape compared to what he was with the Dodgers and the Angels last year. He was very heavy last year, but came back, got back into decent shape, and uh, he's been fantastic for them, uh, and he's been doing it in clutch situations, too. Like, these aren't just, you know, you know, he hit one in Pittsburgh off of a position player. It hasn't been like that. It's been games where it's come down to his bat in the eighth or ninth inning, and he's clubbing home runs to win games and stuff. Like, these aren't just, uh, you know, people just throwing him 
cookies down the middle of the plate, and he's just taking advantage of it. It hasn't been that way. These have been important home runs for this team where at the beginning he was only facing left-handers. Now they've got him in against right-handers all the time just because it's Albert coming up, and there's just this buzz about him because of the chase for 700 and the the ballparks, the stadiums, they're all even on the road. It's a buzz. I mean, everybody gets up, they get their phones out and it's a, it's an exciting thing. And I think it's great for baseball that uh, you, you've got somebody like Albert who's chasing such a, a magical number of 700. I mean, you don't have but four people that would be there at the 700. Yeah. Club. And- I mean, that's crazy. And this comes the same year that I think a lot of people forget that Miguel Cabrera surpassed 3,000 hits earlier this year. I think a lot of people forget that happened. And I just really, for Cardinals fans' sake, coming from a Pirates fan, I might get chastised by my entire listener base for saying this. That kind of moment needs to happen at home. If, if, If he hits it, like, say, like, who do the Cardinals still play on the road? Like, obviously, he's not going to hit five home runs this weekend. Knowing me, I just jinxed it. He'll hit it this weekend <laughs> at Park. If it happens in L.A., it would be cool. Or if it happens in San Diego, awesome. They yeah. would talk about it for a while. Or even Milwaukee. Because after this Pirate series, uh, they head home to face the Brewers and the Reds. And then they have their last long uh, road stint before they come back to play Pittsburgh and St. Louis. That's just one of those moments like Barry Bonds home run record home run. Right. right. That needed to happen in San Francisco. It just yeah. did. It just yeah. felt better. It's like almost when a team wins the World Series on the road. It just doesn't have that same feel. Yeah, like it's, it's like this team just won it, but it's also like all the crowd is just standing there like this. Like now yeah. with Albert, I don't think that would be the same way. I think fans would obviously applaud him and give him the standing sure. ovation. Cardinals fans would be throwing their beer, popcorn, hot dogs, and everything all over the place if he hit 700. Yeah. Now, if you had to ask me, and you can ask, you can keep me on record for this, I think it is going to literally happen on the last day of the season. All right, we're going to call the shot. So you think it'll happen in Pittsburgh, though, because don't they play Pittsburgh the last three games? That's, in- yeah, that's what that's what I actually realized that I was wrong on is when I was looking at it on the app, I didn't realize okay. it flipped. So I think it'll either happen the last Cardinals home game on the second or the last game of the season on the fifth or in between that area. So I'm saying October 2nd through October 5th, be prepared for ESPN to talk about Albert Pujols hitting his 700th home run for a week straight. Just be ready for that. (laughs) If you have a prediction for it, I'm not sure like when you think it might happen or if it's going to happen at all, but I'm saying if it does happen, I think that's when it'll happen. All right. If we're going to call our shot, I am going to take uh, Saturday the first of October. And I'll tell you why, because that is Yadier Molina bobblehead day at the ballpark for the Cardinals. (laughs) And that's his best friend. And that would be perfect for him to actually do that on that date. That would be something. Steal Yadi spotlight. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, make it happen. Uh, Albert Pujols, give me on October the first against the Pirates. I don't know how many lefties you guys got in your rotation, but if you could throw one on that date, that would be great because he's much better against the the southpaws than he is against the right. You know what the answer to that question is? Zero since we traded Quintana. Not one. All righties. Now we do have some lefty arms in the bullpen, like Manny Benuelos and Dylan Peters, who could probably help with that uh 
that quest. And since we're talking about betting, Ethan, betonline.net, that is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Be sure to head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action, uh, obviously with the NFL opening up last night and uh, the the Bills just pounding, pounding the world champion Rams last night. Maybe you had some money on that one, but you've got the, the whole week one schedule. Up at betonline.net. So let's go through some of these games here. You've got the uh, Ravens giving seven points to the Jets right now. Uh, the Saints, five and a half, giving that up to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Dolphins giving three and a half to the New England Patriots. Uh, we've got a, a, an even line right now between the uh, the Browns and the Panthers. Uh, Bengals-Steelers, obviously, it's a big one for us. Uh, that would be the Bengals favored by six points in that one. So you can go through... All of these games. Let's see what my uh, my Packers are doing. Uh, they are one-point favorites over the Vikings. Hmm. Okay. So there you go. You, you can look at all these games and uh, find the ones you want to put money on and do that at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. JD, this was fun. Uh, lots of twists and turns in your first crossover. Uh, thought that was Who pretty knew? good. Who knew but, we were going to have guests barging yeah, their way in? But yeah, I know, uh, right? It turned know. into a a three way uh, crossover <laughs> instead of a two way. But with that by said, Blue guys, Chew. There you go. See, look, another <laughs> plug to Blue Chew today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Locked On Pirates and Locked On Cardinals podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Of course, go follow JD at JD Sports Radio or at Locked On Cardinals, or I think it's L O underscore Cardinals because there's another Correct. Locked On Cardinals in. The NFL. Yeah, that, yeah, we got the football ones. Yeah. yeah, as of right now, not as important as your Cardinals, who are in a playoff push, right. which is something the Cardinals haven't done in a while in the NFL. Sorry <laughs> to the Locked On Cardinals host. But with that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Ethan Smith. That's JD Halfron, and we will see you guys on the flip side. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. I want to thank Ethan Smith from Locked On Pirates for being a part of this crossover edition of uh, Locked on Cardinals. It was a good time there. Hopefully we'll get to do more of that, especially as we uh, head towards the playoffs, because uh, if, when the Cardinals make it, uh, we'll want to get uh, in depth with the uh, other hosts from the Locked on Podcast Network to, uh, you know, talk a little more uh, about the teams that the, the Cardinals are going to face. So uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. 